BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome in to another Training Camp Daily edition of the Under Center podcast presented by St. Xavier University. I'm JJ Stankovic, joined here in Bourbon A by Cam Ellis, where we just got done watching another Bears practice because that's what we do in Bourbon A. <laughs> we watch the Bears practice. Um, let's start with this, Cam. It was a really, really crappy day. Yeah. It poured pretty much all throughout practice. There was a crosswind blowing across the field. And Elliot Fry, hey, credit to him, he still made eight of ten field goals, including one from 50 yards. Now, on the, the two misses he had, the first miss was from 38. There might have been an issue with the snap there. The second one, he just straight up slipped and fell. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can sort of say, well, the conditions weren't great for that. But Matt Nagy was not willing to excuse Elliot Fry for that. In fact, it's more of a, a good thing that Elliot Fry made the right. kicks that he did in the conditions he did because this is Chicago. It is a great summer city, but the Bears do not play in the summer. So you're talking about someone who's going to have to make field goals potentially in driving rain, in a snowstorm, in you know really terrible crosswinds. So, hey, for Elliot Fry, not a bad showing today given the conditions that he may have to face if he's the Bears kicker sometime this season. No, I think you're exactly right in the point that, yeah, when is it? When is kicking out Soldier ever been easy or convenient or whatever word you want to right. say? It's always going to be crappy, and I think especially the footing was a great sort of simulation of what Soldier Field can be. Are you of. saying the turf at Soldier Field is bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so don't take it out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> but, yes, and the plan, I mean, I have eight six guys slipped at certain points yeah. during the practice. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of planting mm-hmm. issues, um, a lot of switching and routes, tight ends, a lot right. slipped. So it was it was a slippery day, but it was good. I, I sort of talking to the quarterbacks, too, they said it was nice to practice with wet balls since they don't mm-hmm. usually get to do right. that. Um, so I think it was – I don't know how useful one day of rain practice is to a rainy game in February or January, but it is – everyone sort of said it was nice to get out there and say, this is how you play football in the rain. Yeah, and, and, you know, that is something where previous coaching staffs would have just moved this practice inside and been like, we're going to do a walkthrough in the gym. You know, it's going to be very light and, you know, it's important to players, but this practice is far more important. And I kind of like that Matt Nagy said, you know, hey, we're still having a two and a half hour practice out here in the driving rain. As long as there's no lightning, they were going to keep practicing today. And like you said, Cam, you know, hey, the Bears are going to have to face this. And, you know, we hear so much about, when the weather gets bad, you have to run the ball, but you still have to pass it a little bit. Yeah. You can't just run the ball, you know, 60 times a game if it's snowing or raining. So, you know, yeah, you're right. One practice in late July in the rain is not going to allow the Bears to win a playoff game if it's raining or snowing outside right. in January. But, hey, it, it doesn't hurt. You know, I, I think there was some, like you said, some slipping. Poor Bradley Soul, in a one-on-one drill, yeah. fell to the ground <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> didn't didn't look too graceful doing that. No, it was not. Uh, he did also go on to drop a pass in a one-on-one drill, which not 
sounding an alarm bell on Bradley Soul's move to tight end because we're just a couple practices in, but you know, these are balls that you're gonna have to catch. There's probably some climbing up the old depth chart for Bradley in yeah. the next couple days or weeks. Um, other observations, just in general, Kim, you know, the, the defense was ahead of the offense again, and for the sure. offense was a little bit yeah. sloppy. Uh, Duke Shelley had an interception. Buster Screen had an interception in various drills. John Franklin the third. John Franklin the third. Big day for him. He had a, had a really really productive day. Yeah. Um, that's some guy I know. I, I I've written about him maybe more than I should have. I wrote <laughs> I wrote two stories on him last year. Just you know, a guy who's on the practice squad. Right. But he is an interesting story. He's a last chance you guy from a quarterback turned wide receiver under Lane Kiffin at FAU. Spent all of last year just trying to figure out how to play defensive back while also sticking on an NFL roster. Not saying John Franklin III is going to make the Bears this year, but he's got another year of practice squad eligibility left. And hey, if we're looking at one guy who had a good practice today, it's important for John Franklin on his own to have good practices and just stack them to get that confidence up as he learns how to play a new uh, how to play a new position. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Chase Daniel after the war, afterwards, and he said, "Hey, for, you know, for the twos and threes, it's it, you have to every snap you get, you have to put it on tape, and it has to be good. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you're not going to make it on the Bears, every other team is getting these practice tapes, and every other team is watching them. And he said that you're putting tape on for every other NFL team. So, and John Franklin stood out today. Yeah, there, there, he made a lot of plays with his units, mm -hmm. and I mean, people within the press." We're talking, trying to figure out where he went to school, and all the like, all these things, all this conversation about John mm -hmm. Franklin was happening in a not bad way, which is as good as you can get at this point. In exactly. Camp, I think. If you're if you're trying to make an NFL roster, right. you want to make flashes like we saw today. Hey, sure. also, guy who made some flashes and has been over the course of training camp, uh, Thomas Ives, yeah. the undrafted rookie wide receiver. Now, granted, we've seen wide receivers make flashes on the third, second, and third team before. That's why Tanner Gentry someday will be inducted into the Bourbon A <laughs> Hall of Fame. But, you know, hey, you know, same deal with this guy. We're, we're not talking about top of the depth chart guys who are definitely going to be on this roster. But you like seeing that. Just you like seeing the twos and threes be more competitive because there are guys on those units who are going to be on the Bears, even if it's not Thomas Ives or John Franklin. There are guys in those units who are going to wind up making this roster. Yeah. And having the strength in those units will make this team better on a whole. And uh, come to think about it, it sounds like Riley Ridley's injury is a week-by-week -week thing. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's not specifically Ives, but there is all of a sudden snaps for other wide receivers right. that Ridley would have gotten. So it's interesting to watch that. L little concerning on that front if you're an Emmanuel Hall fan. He yeah. did not practice again today. So he's been on, off, on, off in these first four practices as he comes back from that sports hernia surgery. I had a chance to catch up with Emmanuel Hall after Sunday's practice. I'm going to write that up for a story on NBC Sports Chicago this week. But yeah, you know, you look at some of the other receivers who have flashed so far during camp. Javon Wims looks great. Yeah, I think he's taken a step forward so far that we can see. And it's going to be tough for a guy like Emmanuel Hall to make this roster if he A, can't get on the field, and B, when he is on the field, if he's not kind of flashing like we've seen some other guys do. That's my thing is that it just of all the positions that there may be like a breakthrough guy, I just don't think it's coming out of wide receiver. It's just yeah. it's just so deep. It's yeah. Even with a Ridley injury, they're still five, six deep and it's just a hard it's a hard room to crack into right. if you're not already a proven right. NFL you're, player. You're trying to beat out Marvin Hall and Javon Wims who both played in the NFL. Right, right. You know, been on NFL rosters for quite a while. But um, he wasn't wearing gloves, so I appreciate that when yeah. a wide receiver doesn't wear gloves. Especially when it's pouring rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's very impressive. Uh, one other observation for practice today uh, Mike Davis looks 
under the, you know, granted, I, we've spent so much time talking about David Montgomery yeah. that people around the Bears have noted that like Mike Davis is almost running under the radar mm-hmm. with this team, and he made a really nice catch. Danny Trevathan had him blanketed in one-on-one drills, and uh, he kind of ran sort of like a, a wheel route toward the back of the end zone, made a really tremendous catch, got in for a touchdown from Mitch Trubisky, and Matt Nagy talked about Davis after practice today saying, you know, we, were, we feel very fortunate that he came here as a free agent. He can do a lot of different things. He can protect, which we've seen David Montgomery struggle in some of those yeah. one-on-one pass protection yeah. drills. He has great vision in between the tackles. That you can put him out wide and he can do some things. People know he can do that. He just needs to learn the intricacies of the offense, the details. And once he does that, we feel like at that position between those guys we have, we're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I mean, I think that you, you talk about pass protection. I think he was the only running back that looked good in pass protection drills yeah. today. Yeah. Everyone else sort of got smoked by mm-hmm. the linebackers, but he sort of held his own. Yeah. Um, and I think he's, they're also, he's doing, I know they said that they're going to bring him in and put him in different spots. He's lining up everywhere. He is, yeah. And it's even more so than I think I would have expected on day two. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're bringing, they're bringing him out, they're putting him on the line, they're putting him next to the QB and shotgun, and he's, he's playing traditional back. It's, it is sort of what you think you would see from Cordero Patterson, but it's mm-hmm. happening right now with Mike Davis. Hey, yeah. So I, th- I think it's sort of interesting that right now, if you're going to go, hey, the versatile guy who's lining up in three spots in the field at any given play is more Davis than it has been mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson so far. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. He, he's getting a lot of usage within the offense, mm-hmm. so it's it got to be good to see, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and you, know, you, you hear from guys on this team about how dynamic this offense can be. Right. And, you know, again, we, we sort of forget about Mike Davis. Yeah. He's, you know, a, a running back who signed a two-year, $7 million contract. But on a larger scale... Look at the running back room that Ryan Pace has built. You have a, a free agent running back on a, on a cheap contract. You have a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a seventh-round pick, and an undrafted free agent. This is how smart teams build their running back room yeah. because you, you can do it on the cheap, and you can find guys who fit your offense right. by not spending a lot of money, not using a, the second overall pick on Saquon Barkley or giving a, a massive contract to Ezekiel Elliott. I think this is why you're seeing the Chargers – not really budge with Melvin Gordon, who's yeah. one of the best running backs in the NFL, because look at what the Bears are doing. Right. And, and that's not to say the Bears' running back room is perfect and it's going to be great or anything like that, but so far the early returns have been pretty positive on what they've put together. And I think right now, well-rounded is just how I would view it. Yeah. I mean, you have Cohen dancing around there, you have Montgomery in between the tackles taking mm-hmm. four guys to bring him down, you yeah. have Davis lining up in random spots. Like it's There is such a versatility to the running game that I don't think existed last year, and you can yes. already tell that in the very and everyone says it's so premature for the offense yeah. um, but you can already see the running back the run game looks wildly different than it Absolutely. did last year all right before uh, cam and I get out of here and we toss it over to uh, Akeem Hicks who is on sports talk live today uh, with myself and David Kaplan so that's is that's going to be the interview that ends this podcast I want to Again, before we go, we've got to get to the most important segment, which okay. is the training camp jersey of the day. I wish we had a drop for that. Yeah, yeah. Like something something along those lines. I can lines. sing a song real fast if you want me Please to. Please don't. <laughs> um, so, okay, day, day one that we were down here, Cordell Stewart, Bears jersey. Oh, that yeah. is a good one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, it was an Isaiah Fry jersey, which came Isaiah Fry long before your time. Yeah, was a like, sixth I round pick in the first year of the Phil Emery era. So today, because it was rainy, yeah. it wasn't as big of a crowd. No. I wasn't able to really walk around as much and see a whole lot. But I did see two jerseys of current players that I, I wanted to highlight here. So shout out first to this guy's the runner-up. A guy bought a Riley Ridley jersey wow. already. That is 
you have some spare cash if you're yes. buying Riley Ridley jerseys that, already. That is good for you for committing yeah. to yeah. hoping that Riley Ridley turns out to be a very good player. But I want to give the biggest shout out to the, the man who is wearing a Sherrick McManus jersey. I love it. That is a man who appreciates great special teams yeah. play the longest tenured member of the Bears, or he's just a big Northwestern fan, one of the two. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is it like a Sherrick McManus relative? Do we know at all? I, I don't believe it was. Okay. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, I, I love seeing just, you know, a, a fan. I don't know if this fan even, you know, necessarily knows a whole lot about Sherrick McManus, but in case he does, uh, someone who appreciates the, the guys on the bottom of the depth chart yeah. who still make an impact on this team. Sherrick McManus has been such a key special teamer for yeah. the Bears for so long. He can do everything on every unit and filled in at cornerback last year. They're giving him some work at safety this year. He's a sort of under-the-radar important player on this team. He's not one of the 22 most important players on the Bears, but he's certainly in that discussion for someone who does play a pretty significant impact on this team. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Callahan was at an all-pro level before he got hurt last year, and McManus sort of filled in quite admirably, right. I thought, yeah, for him. Until, it wasn't really an issue until, until the unfortunately, end. the last play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, McManus yeah. played last year where he gave up the touchdown to Golden Tate. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Cam Ellis and myself here down in Bourbonnais on the Training Camp Daily Edition of the Under Podcast for Monday, July 29th. The second half of this podcast is going to be some sound from Akeem Hicks. He was on Sports Talk Live with myself, David Kaplan, and David Hall today and a lot of good stuff from Akeem so take a listen to that in the second half of this podcast and thank you for listening everyone guess who we get to talk to one of the bear stars he's Akeem Hicks thank you for taking time all right it just got going how are you feeling and what's the vibe like here um it's it, it's fun man it's uh it's getting back to football and so uh you know you you end your season and then you know everybody kind of just disappears for a little bit right you don't really get to see the same people that you see regularly and uh you know it just becomes your routine is taken away for a little bit and it just feels good to get back into training camp and, and be around the guys and and the sport that you love much has been made about the fighting complacency matt nagy said it's something that they're going to face head on how difficult of a challenge is it is it a real thing complacency coming off the kind of year that you guys had uh, well, Chuck actually said something about this last night, right? Success is much harder to manage than failure, right? So being able to go out there and, and do something really well and, and, and succeed and, and play at the level that you want, you know, it's, it's much harder to do that continuously than it is to fall off. And, and you've seen that with teams throughout the NFL over the past few years where they had a really good big year and then they drop off. Akeem, how has that transition to Chuck gone? Because, I mean, you guys with Vic were, were so close. You had such a good kind of – sync between the, the players and the coach. How has that gone with Chuck so far? Well, it's been going great, right? You know, so you have a lot of respect for a guy and you, you're coached by him and you have a relationship with, relationship with him for three years and, um, you know, people move on and you have to be able to move on too and, and that's what we did. Um, you, you have to imagine it this way though. You know, the same things happens with players, right? You have a guy in the room that's, you know, you've been around and he's been playing with the team for a while and he moves on. You have to put another person in there and be able to get the job done. And if there was anybody that could replace Vic, it would be Chuck. So when you hit the market a few years ago, you, you had a lot of opportunities. People would love to have you on their roster. And you chose the Chicago Bears. What was it about Chicago? Because you're going to make great money wherever. You're going to play a sport you loved. You picked And here. it was a lot different defense and a lot different appeal than it is right now. Right. Yeah. What was it about Chicago that intrigued you? I'll say this. Uh, well, number one, my mom's from the south side of Chicago, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, once she heard that Chicago was in, um, you know, in the market for a defensive tackle, and 
probably your son, um, she, she was super excited about it, right? And then you have to weigh your possibilities of, of, of what teams that you're interested in and, and who has a real chance to win. And um, I knew when I came to Chicago under Ryan Pace, you know, because he was the one that originally drafted me in New Orleans. When I came to Chicago, I knew that we we're going to have some time to rebuild and we're going to have to, you know, put all the chips in and, and, and play good ball and, and build this franchise back to where we want it. And it's an honor to be a part of that process. And so I came here for that reason. I came here so I can be a part of a, a, a team ascending. Does that make this the winning that much more special? So much sweeter, man. It's so much sweeter to be able to say that you were a part of something from the, from the bottom up. But now you want to finish the job, and Chuck Pagano comes in. That's a tough job, and yet he may be viewed as one of the luckiest assistant coaches in the NFL because he inherits a defense as good as the Bears' defense is. How different will it be? There's the talk about it being more aggressive. They're going to blitz more. You probably feel like, hey, four of us, you can get to the quarterback with just four guys without having to blitz. Where's that happy medium, and how different will it look? Well, uh, I'll say this. We're lucky to have Chuck, too. Um, he has a wealth of wisdom. I'll say that was one of the things that were that I found to be really similar between uh, Vic and Chuck is that they both have this wealth of football wisdom. They've been around the sport their entire lives, coached at a high level for over 30 years. And so, um, you know, that is a, is a bonus for us. Um, when it comes to him coming into the room with us, we, he's got a really good, uh, good defense. He's got a defense that was – uh, has pushed forward over the past three years and come to the point where we don't feel like anybody that steps on the field with us can play. Hey, Akeem, I, I did a little bit of research. So you have played the fifth most snaps of any defensive lineman in the last two years. H how do you keep your body in such great shape to not only play that many snaps, but play them at such a high level that you have. I listened to my veterans when I first came <laughs> in the league. <laughs> they told me, they said, man, listen, one day things are going to slow down. You might not hit the same way. Your legs might not, you know, do what they did when you were 19 years old. But if you take care of your body now and actually apply yourself in the off season to, you know, even if you want to take a rest day, to be able to get up and say, hey, I'm going to go do some yoga just to make sure I'm feeling flexible and stuff like that. So for me, it was just uh, taking the advice of the people that came before me. If you play 60 snaps on a Sunday, how many of those snaps are you double teamed? <laughs> 47. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah. two out of every three plays, there are two blockers uh, it, coming at you. It's a, it's a form of respect, right? I, I wouldn't have it any other way. If you put one person on me, I'm going to do my best to make sure you don't will, do it again. Will that increase this year because of the kind of year? I mean, would you – are you comfortable last year being a career year, being no, referred to uh, last year as a career year for you? Uh, I, I don't really look into that. I mean, I, I understand and I appreciate the accolades, and, and I worked really hard to get to the point where I'm at. But, but for me, I, I have to push. It's, it's, it's part of my nature. And then as far as double teams go, um, I got so many other monsters around me that I, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect me. So I watched a great video over the weekend. It was an interview with the late Buddy Ryan, and he said, I'm coaching the best defense of all time, the 85 Bears. He goes, but I'm just telling you, if I got to send eight, I'll send eight. I'm not going to let you sit back there and pick us apart. And I thought about how Chuck said, hey, if I have to, we'll blitz. If we can get there with four, we'll get there with four. Is that the right philosophy in today's game? Oh, uh, yeah, I completely agree. First of all, you, you're not going to get me to disagree with anything that Chuck says on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say is this, man. Um, Chuck has this, like I said earlier, wealth of knowledge, right? And he just has a feel before the snap comes, before any situation. So he's going to have us in the right alignment. He's going to have us in a situation that benefits the entire defense. What are you uh, seeing from Mitchell Trubisky? Because Chase Daniel said after practice today, he goes, last year he was learning this offense. Now he's running this offense. 
Yeah, um, just, just watching him take his his next progression, his next step forward. That's all you can ask from a younger guy is that he's always, what I see around the building is that he's always working to be better at his job. And you can make it that simple. You, you've played on teams that have had Drew Brees and Tom Brady. But the, this, the buy-in on this Bears team from everyone, defensive players, offensive players, is remarkable. With Mitch, even you know, only second year, third year, even in his rookie year, is it that hard work and that just the mentality he brings every day that led you guys to buy into him there? The kid doesn't flinch, right? He, you, you could tell that from the first day that he stepped out here. Now he he didn't make a lot of noise, and you know he 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 played his role as a as a rookie and and kept working his way up. Um, but when he gets in the game, he is at just as much of an athlete as everybody else, and he's just not scared of anything. How so. much pride do you take in the fact that NFL.com I think released a list of top 100 players? You're 39th. Did do you? Pay attention to that, and you think that's a little low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely did pay attention. It actually uh, it happened last night. We were uh, coming out of meetings, and uh, Bilal, actually Bilal Nichols showed me uh, his phone. He was like, bro, congratulations. I was like, uh, you know, it's a, it was a really good feeling, and it's a huge accomplishment and accolade that I'm definitely going to, you know, put a picture up. And, and I mean, when you think it, about how far you have come and the journey you have taken without, you know, th- that's that's a long it's pretty amazing it's a long way yeah so after i hang up my picture and and i can hang that up to another picture of my college and all the other stuff that i've done what yeah. about your what about your madden rating my madden rating is fine man it's uh i i'm hurt it's okay i can say that i'm hurt by it i've been playing madden since 2002 man i should <laughs> what uh, why does that matter me. why does that matter so much to players well if i'm playing with my team i don't want to be the one getting pancakes right <laughs> <laughs> I want to make, uh, you know, uh, uh, I want to add to the team, but it's okay. I appreciate you, Madden. I'm still going to play, so it's whatever. Uh, I work with John Yurkovich, who played, I think, 10 years in the NFL, and he was a defensive lineman like you, and he said the first week or two you feel good, then you lose your legs, then you get your legs back, and then you're in football shape. Is that a fair way to characterize what you do going through camp and getting ready? <laughs> no matter what you do, you will never be ready for the first day of camp. I, I train like a dog. I, I work. Everybody works so hard, you know, and, and you get here, and you're still going to feel just a little bit tired because there's, there's just different movements and different cuts and said. bending. So you, you just get that type of, you know, um, fatigue that you can't get other places. That you, If you're not doing football moves, you can't. It's early in camp. You've got opinions. You can analyze. So if you had to pick one player on this Bears defense that's going to surprise some people this year, who would it be? Oh, man, that's tough. We got – I don't think that anybody on this Bears defense will be um, – But everybody knows about the front seven. Everybody expects Eddie Jackson. Everybody expects the two corners. Who's somebody – Nobody expects to play well who's going to come and emerge. I don't know how many times you're going to cut me off in the middle of my answers, but it's okay. I'm still here. Um, So I feel like our defense has a a group of guys that are all super talented monsters and play this game really well. I mean, you look at a guy like Bilal, you just mentioned being with him yesterday, what he did as a rookie in that rotation, what can he do in year two? Um, Bilal, right, we're speaking of? he just takes another step. He's just like Mitch, right? He can come out there and play the game really good. All he has to do is, is apply himself and take another step forward, and he'll be just fine. The thing that impresses me most about your roster, 1-53, to is it doesn't seem like there's any bad guys. Like Ryan prioritized. Yeah, he's a good player, but not my kind of character. I'll take this guy, maybe a scotch less talent. I want character in my room. That says, yeah. Is, I, is that something you notice? It's so true. He, he doesn't um, – 
he looks for talent and he looks for guys that can play the game really well, but he also wants to maintain the culture that we have here, right, which is a group of guys that love the game of football and that will do anything for each other. So it's um, he does a great job of bringing the right type of guy in here, and you can see it in how we, our relationships have grown over the past years. How they, different will it be being the hunted rather than the hunter this year with the schedule that you guys play? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had to be prepared for that, right? If you have a really good season and you, and, and you, you play dominant, people are going to look at you and say, man, we got to unseat them if we want to win this division. we got to unseat them if we want to get our way through the playoffs. And so you just have to be prepared to, to have people on your heels. How about the, the fans here? You had 17,000 over the weekend for those two practices, just the, the, the juice that they bring to the setting here. Um, that is it, it's an awesome feeling to have this mu this much support during training camp and you know for the players we're all we're getting beat up you know we're, we're tired and fatigued but when you have people here that support your team and, and want to see the best for you and are going to be looking for you you know when the season comes it's a uh, it's a great feeling last one I interviewed Matt and I interviewed Ryan and both said hey we had a lot of fun last year we're 12 and 4 guess what we've not accomplished anything we didn't win a playoff game so everyone comes in here with expectations that are valid, and we are all playing with a chip on our shoulder. Do you agree with that? I completely agree. Um, we have we have worked too hard to get to this point, and um, that personally, you know, I, I and I've said this before, is that it, we were too good of a team to lose the way that we did last year. So we have to let that feeling, you know, resonate with us and and, and remember it when it comes time to to step on the field against Green Bay and and, and let it all loose. Hey man, appreciate it all the time. No problem. All Pleasure. the best to you. God bless. Good to see you guys. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.